Welcome to that America Football Show, powered by EP Sports. EP Sports is one of the top suppliers in the UK for all your America football needs, helping players and coaches reach their potential since 2007. Check them out at epsports.co.uk. Uh, today, Tim, Craig, Joe and I, uh, we're going to be going over each of the new expansion teams in the European League of Football, just like we did last year. Uh, we're going to talk about a bit about each team's background, uh, their staff, some of the roster, and of course, some fun facts about the city. Um, first of all, just want to kind of give a big shout out to the ELF. Um, if you if you kind of get emails or anything from them, you've probably already seen this, or if you follow them. But and they've introduced thirteenth team, uh, the Ukraine Braves. Uh, it's the blue and blue and yellow colours. Um, and yeah, every every purchase of their jerseys uh, goes to uh, charity donations towards the Ukraine effort. Um, so yeah, just think that's a really nice gesture. The, the jerseys look great as well. Um, so if you've not already got a jersey, it's probably going to be one of those cooler limited edition ones as well. So uh, make sure you head over and check out their website for a really worthy cause. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's just get straight into it. Uh, going over each of the new teams, who wants to volunteer first? Who's got the the most? Should we? Or should we say who thinks they've got the least interesting city? I think I do. <laughs> I might be second in that. <laughs> yeah, let's start with one of you two. Tim, do you want to go? I'll go first. Um, no disrespect to the team, obviously, because <laughs> I've got one of the most famous teams in European football. So I've got the Tyrrell Raiders, as they'll be known in the ELF. Uh, interestingly, they were previously known as the Swarco Raiders due to sponsorship, but I don't think ELF like having teams with sponsors' names. So the head coach uh, is not really an American, although he sounds like it. He's an American native, but he moved to Germany as a teenager, uh, and he served as a defensive coordinator for the Swarco Raiders for the past two seasons. In both years, the Raiders produced the best defence in Austria in terms of points allowed in the regular season, and he's now taken over the head coaching job. Uh, he's held a variety of coaching positions in Europe, first joined the Raiders in 2011 as linebacker's coach. So... He knows the team inside and out, has been able through a lot of the championships that they've won. Uh, the general manager is Claudia Nuna, and they're actually owned by the Schwarzkopf family. Um, the stadium is probably one of the best or most scenic stadiums you'll see. It's Tivoli Stadium in Innsbruck. It's the home ground of FC Wacker Innsbruck and obviously the Raiders. Uh, stadium capacity was 17,400 when it was built in 2000. For the Euros in 2008, the stadium was, tempor the stadium was temporarily expanded to 30,000 people. Uh, North stands fitted with rail seats for safe standing. And it's in the mountains, so if you ever see any pictures of the stadium, you've got the Alps in the background. It looks amazing. Um, one of the reasons why I'll put my cards on the table here, I'm going to be supporting them. The colours are silver and black. They're called the Raiders, and they are affiliated with the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they've done exchange programmes with coaches and things like that previously. Um, the background, they're just winners. I'll just run through the three of the things. They've won the Euro Bowl in 2008, 2009, 2011, and they were runners up in 2013 and 16. They were champions of the Central European Football League in 2017, 18, and 19. And the Austria Bowl, they were champions in 2004, 6, 11, 15, 16, 18, 19, 2021. 20, so they're pretty good. Uh, they're in the Central Conference together with the Vienna Vikings, who they opened the season with, uh, the champions, Frankfurt Galaxy and Start Search. Um, most famous player that people will actually know, because he's been in the news recently, is Sandro Platzgemer. 
the New York Giants. His brother Adrian's actually on the team. He's one of Austria's most successful players of the last year. He won six Austrian national titles, four European titles. He also won silver at the 2018 European Championships with Austria's national team. Now, the quarterback someone will be familiar with, because we've already spoke to him, Sean Sheldon. He's a European legend. He's had 10 titles across Europe. Um, and I looked up his stats just in Europe. He's got thrown for 29,408 yards, 65% completion, 321 touchdowns and 48 interceptions. Also rushing for 4,917 yards and 79 touchdowns. Uh, and he's had one catch for eight yards and a touchdown. Uh, fun facts about Innsbruck. Uh, to be honest, Innsbruck is best known for a winter sports venue. It's held the Olympics there. A delicacy in Innsbruck is the Tyrellian prawn, which is weird as it's in a landlocked country, nowhere near the sea, 574 metres above sea level. They actually have got a, a sort of a prawn farm, I guess, where they, they did an experiment to see if prawns could actually survive there, which they did, and now people just eat these prawns. So, mm. um, A mouse actually lived on top of one of the highest mountains, the Gobglochner, at 3,798 metres, and became an internet legend in Austria. And it's got, now this one actually I quite like, the only worldwide preserved portrait of Voivoden Vlad Tempest, better known as Count Dracula. And the paintings actually kept in the Ambrose Castle in Innsbruck. So that's Innsbruck and the razors for you. Hmm. I didn't know Vlad was Tempest. Sorry, I, I, I thought too much interesting reading into blood. <laughs> I like that mouse fact. That's a cool one. Like a like a little mouse. Little mouse on top of a mountain. But how do you like know a mouse is living on the top of a mountain? Because you see it. <laughs> you see a mouse and you go, there must be a mouse living here. That's fair. Yeah, that is fair. Okay. I mean, yeah, Swarco Raiders, I mean, Tyrrell Raiders. Yeah, I mean, if you've heard about European football really they're one of the first names that pops up they've just been a, a legacy of success really yeah I obviously know about them because they've been on the Raiders website years gone past there's been articles about them and obviously if you've ever followed any sort of European football or British football you know about the Raiders yeah and I think there's someone like who's gonna Tim you're gonna support them this year which is it makes total sense as to, yeah. to why you... It's just nice to have a team as well that have got that history and sort of that background to them as well. Yeah. just It just sort of solidifies the fact that, you know, you're joining a, a culture that's already there. It's quite nice. I would say, looking, doing some research, they've not really recruited as much as a lot of other play, teams have. Mm. So I don't know because... Their roster looks pretty bare at the moment. Uh, the guy that does the ELF roster does, does a pretty good job of it. I don't. We should give him a shout. I can't remember what it's called. But anyway, there's still a lot of gaps there. So maybe they're keeping a lot of their existing players and they're just going to slot them in. So I don't know. I mean, division-wise as well, uh, I don't want to say anything bad about the surge. Um, we obviously don't know about the Vikings, but they are in with the champions, the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. um, so you'd kind of looking at it on paper, you'd expect those two to be button heads most of all in that division. Yeah. Craig, are you still going to remain a Galaxy fan? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. I have sort of 
I have started to be swayed a little bit to the Raiders. I'm not going to lie. Like after I heard they were coming in, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Okay, could have a good little conference rivalry in, in Taft. <laughs> um, right, we'll move from your city to my city. Um, I, I think we might be about equal on our level, Tim. Uh, so I have the Ryan Fire. Um, talking about American-sounding head coaches, their head coach is Jim Tom Sula. Um, if you've been if you've been watching the NFL in the past like 10, 15 years, you'll know about him. Uh, he was the he was a head coach of the 49ers. Um, he's better known for being a defensive line coach, though um, most of his career was with the 49ers. Um, but he has also played with the Redskins and the Cowboys. Um, he was the head coach for the Rhine Fire back in the NFL Europe uh, for their fi- the final season of the NFL Europe in 2006. Uh, but he also coached in the England Monarchs, the Scottish Claymores and the Berlin Thunder. So um, I think the return to the Ryan Fire, well, maybe not the scene coming, but he's definitely got familiarity with the structure or the, the, the European football in general. Um, general manager is Patricia Clem. Um, she's the second female GM in the league. Um, she's young. She's only 31. Um, I was reading a bit about her. She seems very determined. Um, but she, yeah, she actually saw the Ryan fire back in 20, 2006 under Jim Tom Sula. And that kind of ignited a, a passion. Um, she, I, don't, I don't know who this team is. Joe, you, you'll probably know it a bit better. But she completed her Masters with the Bundesliga team, VFL Wolfsburg. Yeah, Wolfsburg, decent team. Um, she, she focused, she's a general manager with a focus on sports business. So good background. Um, their home stadium is the Schaunschland Reisen Arena, uh, which is 31,500 seats, which is pretty huge. Uh, and it is in the wonderful city of Duisburg, Duisburg, I'm not sure, uh, in North Rhine-Westphalia, uh, built in 2004. So, yeah, huge stadium. Um, I personally really like the jerseys. And they're like a, almost like burgundy and bronze with some white in there. Um they, they look a little bit like that, the FSU colours, um, Florida State, a little bit, but they're, they're really nice. Um, first games against the Frankfurt Galaxy, so that should be a, a good test for them. Um, interesting fact, the name was taken from the Birmingham Fire, uh, which were a team back in like the early 90s um, in some, I don't, I don't even know what conference or league they were in, but they are originally a Birmingham team name. The Ryan Fire. Um, the Ryan Fire won two World Bowls, um, first in 1998 against the Frankfurt Galaxy. So I could think of their first game as a bit of a long-term revenge game. And they also beat Scotland in 2000 against the Claymores. So they, they were a successful NFL Europe team. Uh, going through their roster a little bit, they've obviously got loads of names. Um, three I picked out. Uh, quarterback is Matt Adams, a very good American quarterback name. Uh, played for Indiana State University for three years. Uh, and then he also played at Ferris State University for two or three years. And I'm not sure how that works, but he's very well educated, apparently. Uh, wide receiver, Timothy Knutel. Uh, he came from the Leipzig Kings. Uh, he was the league leader in touchdowns, um, split with Shantavius Jones. Uh, I mean, we all saw him. He was a fantastic receiver. So that was quite a big get for them. Um, and defensive back, I've not read, I've written, I didn't write his name down for some reason. I think it was Amari Williams. I'm not sure. Um, but former Galaxy defensive back, so previous champion. 
Uh, he had three interceptions and 29 tackles and a forced fumble, uh, three pass breakups, six passes defended. So uh, he was towards like, the, the upper upper echelon of, of cornerbacks last year. Um, but yeah, um, obviously big roster. Um, fun facts about Duisburg, Duisburg. Um, it's not a large city, so be prepared for it. Not a very large list. Uh, it is the largest inland port in the world, uh, which where the, the River Rhine meets the River Ruhr. Uh, it's, it's regarded as a seaport. That's how big its inland port is. Uh, it is twinned with the mighty city of Portsmouth. Ooh. Um, yeah, it's twinned Ooh. with like, so many cities. It had like set Fort Lauderdale in Florida. It was like just lots of random cities. Um, I don't understand twinning with cities, but we'll go there. And this is a weird one. 169 kilometers of waterfront and around 700 bridges. I think it was 699. So it has more bridges than Venice and St. Petersburg, or so the city authorities claim. I didn't know St. Petersburg was known for bridges, but surely Venice is. Uh, and it was bombed 299 times in World War II, because uh, it is one of the main kind of industrious cities uh, back then, and it still is. Um, but yeah, Ryan Fire, um, obviously experienced hedge coach, new team, nice jerseys, um, not a bad team to pick, I think. Uh, but that's my presentation. Go count the bridges. Yeah, road okay. trip. You go over there. We want a report. Yeah. <laughs> nice just comment on your Birmingham accent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's the Birmingham wrong, fire? Wrong Birmingham. <laughs> oh, is it? It was Birmingham, Alabama. Ah. <laughs> so well, they were in when this is just an um, old thing. Uh, the original NFL Europe had American teams. So it was half Europe, half America. There was a team in Montreal. There was one in New York. And there was one in Birmingham, Alabama as well. There was one in Orlando. If you look up, it was the Orlando Thunder. Have a look at their uniforms if you can. They were absolutely mental. So, yeah, it was Birmingham, Alabama, not Birmingham, West Midlands. Well, we'll keep it as the Birmingham Fire. I think that sounds even better. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, do you want me to roll next? If you've got nothing else to say. Oh, yeah, those Orlando Thunder jerseys are nuts. I know. They look like Who kept, count, who kept count of the bombings? How do they know it was 299? Uh, they just had a guy counting them, you know. Yeah. They had a mouse on a mountain just... Oh, I like those jerseys. They're almost like someone. Chargers mixed with Seahawks colour rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what they look like. How fun. Uh, but yeah, Craig, hit us up with some Vienna Vikings. Okay, so the Dacia Vienna Vikings, whether that stays there, like Tim was saying, the sponsors, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, as the name suggests, based in Vienna, Austria, all their home games in the in the coming season are going to be played at the Generali Arena in Vienna, um, capable of only seating 17,500, which compared to the size of some of the stadiums, as we were saying before, I think is a little bit on the, the small side. Um, they're known as Europe's one of the most dominant clubs. Um, they've won the Euro Bowl five times. Um, and they've been running up another five times um, in the national championships in the in the Austrian Football League. They they hold a record fifteen Austrian Bowl victories, and they've been running up a further eleven times. Um, so they've got quite the the rap sheet there in the, in their own domestic leagues. Um, in twenty twenty one, they announced that they were going to join the ELF, and um, they they joined with Tim's Raiders um, rather than saying Tyrrell Raiders. I'll just call them Tim's Raiders from now on. Um, from 2014 to 2016, he took part in a, in a new European competition called the Big Six European Football League. Um, but after them two years, they, uh, they never went back. They, they moved on to something else. Um, 
they're in the central conference as Tim said earlier the with the Raiders with the Sage with the Galaxy so I think it's going to be a pretty tough division and um, we'll really see what what these new teams are all about and it's nice to have two teams that already have a well-established rivalry going at each other there especially for first game of the season it's one I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to um the logo the color scheme and the, the uniform uh a print, like the suspiciously similar to the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> um, is what I would say. Um, so if you're a Vikings fan, you're already set. Okay, it's, it, there's not a huge difference between the two. Um, purple, white, and gold. Purple home jerseys, white away jerseys. Uh, the head coach Chris Kalake, I think is how it's pronounced. He's born in Hawaii, grew up in Oregon, played football at Willamette University in Austria from 1999 to 2001 and was quarterback for the Vikings. Um, in the He was an Austrian champion with them in, in 1999, 2000 and 2001. And he, he reached the Euro Bowl with them in 2001. Um, in the off-season, he also coached at that university. Uh, and in 2002 and 2003, he was on the coaching staff for the for the University of California, Berkeley, um, and was involved in, in mentoring their defensive players. In 2004, 2005, he, like I said, he served uh, with the Vikings as a coach, um, as a defensive coordinator. And during that time, he, he helped them to, to two more Euro Bowls and a, and a state championship. In 2006, they went to the Euro Bowl again. Um, he was co-head coach and defensive coordinator. And then from then on, he's then stepped up um, with the team and he's took them to a whole host of Austin championships, which we talked about before as a coordinator, before eventually taking over as a as the head coach. Um He's also been part of the, the coaching staff in, in a, on a national level and playing to, uh, with the national team. And he also coached with the US national team for a little while. So he's definitely got a big resume there, um, coaching not only in the States, but in Europe and has been very successful at what he does. Um, so I think he's, he's definitely going to be able to step up you know, with a resume like that to the job, I think, at this level. And they've also signed Xavier Edwards from California. Um, he had a pretty outstanding season with the New York Alliance in the GFL. Um, he's a bit of played a bit everywhere with them, splitting time at running back and safety. Um, he finished the season with 1,144 all-purpose yards and 11 touchdowns. Um, pretty versatile. He also had 724 rushing yards, um, contributed as a receiver and a kick retainer. And uh, on the other side of the ball, he, he flashed some plays there on some limited snaps, um, finishing with nine tackles, three tackles for the loss, two sacks and a forced fumble. He also had a fumble recovery, so he did a little bit of everything on the on the sheet there, sort of a bit of an all-rounder. Uh, they've also been able to bring in possibly the best tight end in Europe, um, in Batella Marino from, um, from the Sea Devils. Uh, and they've also... You know, they've, they've kept hold of the defensive MVP from 2020 and 2021, Leon Ballo. Um, despite offers coming in from other franchises to try and pull them away, he decided to stay. Jackson Edmund was announced as the, the QB1 um, just around Christmas Eve. And that's just some of the noticeable players for now. Under the defensive side of the ball, like I said, uh, Louis Harworth um, and, and others. Um, uh, so some fun facts about Vienna. Vienna is the Austrian capital and is the sixth largest city in Europe. In 2005, it was ranked junk first as one of the world's most livable cities alongside Vancouver and San Francisco. I've personally never been, but I have heard it is quite nice there. It's the largest German-speaking city outside of Berlin and was up until the early 1900s, which I thought was a pretty interesting fact. Um, it's been known by some as the City of Music, was home to quite a lot of classical musicians, but just a couple with the likes of Beethoven and Mozart. Um, some of the famous people who've also lived there, the likes of Sigmund Freud. So if you like classical music, 
if that's what you're into, I guess it's a it'd be a great city to to go sit um, to support and go and watch a, a football game. It's not my cup of tea personally, but could be yours. It's also a f- well-known food since we we're talking of delicacies before. It's well-known for the Wiener Schnitzel. Um, it's a cutlet of veal or pork, but traditionally it's veal that's then pounded flat, coated with flour, egg, and breadcrumbs, and then fried in clarified butter. I mean, it's, it's fried meat. Like, so you can't, good. <laughs> can't, can't go wrong with a bit of fried meat. Um, fam- some famous Viennese, uh, Inglorious Bastards and Django actor Christoph Waltz, racing driver Nicky Lauder, physicist Erin Schrodinger, Toto Wolff, leader of the Mercedes F1 team, and former Chelsea player Brian Laudrup. I looked for any celebrity or famous person I could find from Duisburg, and no name I could find was, was even recognisable. I apologise, you can say, tell I'm out of practice. I was really all over the place with that. I'm sorry. And if I, all the names I slaughtered, I apologise to you guys too, if you're listening. And I think also, Craig, you undersold the Wiener Schnitzel because Wiener Schnitzel is one of the greatest yeah. foods. I've, I've been to Vienna once, like about two years. It was before lockdown. It's a great city if you like beer and meat. And okay. I managed, I was there three days. I had Wiener Schnitzel six times. I was eating it for lunch and then eating it afterwards as well. It's it's so good. It's just the most delicious thing you could ever eat. I, I highly recommend going to Vienna. It's got to yeah, be from, one of the best city teams in the ELF. Yeah. From what, from what I read as well, that Wiener Schnitzel, like they sell it everywhere. Like it's, any, it's every restaurant. Yeah, it's every like, restaurant you go to, they will have it on the menu. I, before I went, I just quickly did a quick, where's the best Wiener Schnitzel? There's like 20 different websites dedicated to the best Wiener schnitzels in Austria. And you literally, you walk anywhere and it's like, best Wiener schnitzel in Austria. You go in and you're like, yes, it is. And you go down the road and you go, actually, this one's just as good. It's, oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, Vikings sound like a bit of a defensive powerhouse stuff. That could be interesting. They've definitely got a big record. Um, a lot of it was like sort of weighted towards the, the 2000 to 2010 sort of chunk and um, they have won quite a lot of bowls in like the sort of mid to late 20 like sort of 13 14 i think 17 was another one but the last couple of years i think i've been a little bit more on the quiet side i think it was more the raiders that sort of i think have stepped up and took over there but they're definitely definitely a big organization they've got like youth teams and or a bit like the panthers mm. um mm-hmm. the Vroslav panthers where they've got like a whole host of other sports yeah. teams at different levels and things I think that's a very European thing, isn't it? Because the Raiders are the same. They've got baseball teams and they've got other things. It's like the sports club, which is more a European yeah. thing. Um, and I think you're right, Craig, with looking at the gaps in the Raiders when they didn't win championships. That's when the Vikings. So I think Austria was very uh, two-team Two heavy. Yeah. Celtic Rangers thing going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, when we spoke to like Carlis from the Panthers, um, a couple of, I think, um, Sebastian Gaultier said it like, when we were talking about who do you think is going to expand, a lot of them said when Austria comes in, they're going to be a pretty strong force. Mm. Yeah, so I think we've, we've, looked, we've talked about it before. I think the Austrian teams always had the problem. They didn't have the competition, but they didn't know where to go. So this was like, this was one of the reasons why everyone was like, well, you're going to get the Vikings and the Raiders in the ELF. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what their fans are like too. Uh, I saw West Ham play Rapid Vienna this year, and their fans are nut like crazy. They managed to get you know the in the offices you get like the big water like mm-hmm. things that you put in. They found one of them from somewhere and started launching them at the West Ham fans. Yeah, they're they're a crazy bunch. So if they even have half the passion for their American football team, it will be a good place to go. Huge city, 
you've got an existing fan base. Like, I think it's they're going to be a strong top team coming out, maybe. Yeah, so like I said, yeah. it seems like a very well-established organisation as well yeah. that's already, like, got all that sort of back, you know, back room stuff already set out and well-run and well-drilled. So I think they should be able to just hit the ground running. Yeah. Decent. And talking about great cities, Joe, do you want to finish us off? I will, yeah. So I'll give you my fun facts at the end. I was going to lead with them, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll leave them to the end. We'll get the important stuff done last. Um, so yeah, the team, the Istanbul Rams. So it's one of these teams that when they joined the ELF, everyone was kind of like, we don't know much about them. Whether that was just the fact people thought they may be in a brand new franchise created or just they didn't know much about Turkish football. But the Istanbul Rams were actually founded in 2004. So they've been around for nearly 20 years. After they got promotion to the Turkish Super League in 2013, um, they've made the Turkish Super League final game in 2014, 15 and 16. Um, I believe this could potentially be outdated where I got this. I, they would have made it a few more times after that. Uh, in 2016, they won their first ever Turkish Championship, defeating the. And there's a lot of team names in here that I'm going to struggle to pronounce. Uh, <laughs> the Bogzazici Sultans, uh, 21 to 14. Um, and in 2016, that was their first year that they competed in the IFAF Europe Champions League. It's sort of like a minor Champions League uh, European competition uh, that's held in Europe, obviously. Uh, and that was held in 2014, 15 and 16. And they became the first ever Turkish team to win a Champions League game by knocking off the St. Petersburg Griffins of Austria. Sorry, of Austria of Russia. And St. Petersburg Griffins, that sounds like Peter Griffin. They've definitely nicked that old family guy or something <laughs> like that. Um, they then went on to defeat the reigning champions, the Karlstad Crusaders in Sweden, to become the first Turkish team to accomplish a final four Champions League berth. So they were kind of a a big team for Turkish football. They've kind of been that staple that's pushed the the quality of the game in that country uh, as far as they could, could go, really. And on the 21st of July that year, they participated in the Champions League Final Four uh, in Rotslav, and they lost, unfortunately, to the Milano Seamen, which is a, a very interesting name in the last second, mm. supposedly. Uh, they've also won the Turkish League in 2017, 2018 and 2019. So they're pretty dominant in Turkey. They'll be playing their trade, well, they'll be training at the Koch University Sports Club, like they have done previously. And they'll be playing the home games at the Yusuf Zaya Honest Stadium, which currently holds 4,100 people, which does make it the smallest stadium in the league. However, renovations are currently being done, uh, which should have a capacity of just under 10,000 in time for the start of the season. There have been a lot of questions. I've looked on the ELF Reddit. People are a bit concerned that it might not make the start of the season. The Rams play their first three games away from home, which I think has been done on purpose to give them a bit more time. But you should look at some of the photos of what the stadium's going to look like. It's going to be the most modern stadium in the league. It's going to be really, really cool. Uh, so if you have a look on the ELF Reddit, you'll find it on there. Their coach uh, is a man called Val Gunn. He signed last April, so he's been with the team about a year. He's from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh, he used to play quarterback for Texas A&M, and he's also a best-selling author. Uh, his book called In the Shadow of Swords, and he's also coached extensively in Europe. He had two stints coaching the Oslo Vikings in 97-98 and 2006-2008. He also coached the Norwegian national team, uh, the French team, oh, the 
Aeon Provence Argonauts, um, the Paderborn Dolphins from Germany when they played in the German Football League, as well as Poland's Rotslav Devils. So regarding players, uh, the roster at this time, it's pretty scarce. It's kind of similar to the Raiders. They've mainly focused on their imports. They haven't meant, uh, sort of released who's playing from the Turkish side of things, but I assume it's going to be fairly similar to who they've had over the last two or three years. Good news for us Brits, the Rams have more of our fellow countrymen than any other team. There's four, uh, which are obviously Tyrese Johnson-Fisher, who we spoke to about a month ago or so. Good kid, good running back. It's going to be interesting to see how he does. You've got wide receiver Chris Wedderburn, who's been with the Rams since 2019, so he's got some experience of being with them. You've got defensive lineman Najee uh, Mundicha, who used to be a prop at Saracens. So he's got a lot of rugby experience behind him. So watch out for him. A lot of people talking about his athleticism off the line. So it'll be quite interesting to see, especially another player going from rugby to American football. And defensive back, uh, Chad Warrant. He played last year for the Algo Corn uh, Comets in the German Football League. He's also been at the Hertfordshire Hurricanes and the London Blitz. He also appeared at the 2021 NFL International Combine. So he's clearly got some, some talent behind him. Their quarterback is 31-year-old Jared Stegman. He's an Aussie who's recently been playing for the Bayside Ravens where he's won the last three Queensland, champ sorry, Queensland Championships. Uh, he last played in Europe in 2017. Of course, being on Australia with the last two years, it's been tough to, to leave or go out. So he's been playing in Australia. Uh, the last time he was in Europe, he was with the Kiel Baltic Hurricanes in the GFL. Uh, got them to the semi-finals. So he's got experience. You know, he's 31 years old. He's played the game a lot. He's played in Europe. He's played back home. So it'd be good for a new team, I think, to have someone who knows what they're doing at quarterback. It would be a good staple. We see last year the teams that struggled with sort of the teams with the, with quarterbacks that were maybe a bit of a risk taker. But yeah, so it'd be good to see that. Yeah, good to see uh, Jared get on, especially in Aussie, coming into the ELF. You know, it's massive, giving a bit of exposure to Australia. Then you've got their other running back. I'm just going to name a couple sort of key players. And I did a bit of research on this guy. So this guy is known as Jalen Speedy Cornwall. So he is the running back one. I believe he's just above uh, Tyrese when it comes to the running back pecking order, but we'll see. So he's five foot nine. He's 175 pounds. He recently suited up uh, in Ukraine for the Aviv Lions, helping them reach the league championship game. Before heading to Europe, uh, he played for the Fundidores Monterrey in Mexico. Uh, his international debut play in Mexico, uh, he was given the Rookie of the Year award. He's from Alabama uh, and signed with Bethel University. Uh, he played for high school and then went and played Juco in Mississippi. However, eligibility issues ended up ended his uh, college career prematurely, leading him to look abroad. Um in his time, sorry, after his time in Juco, so this is quite an interesting act. I think this is where Speedy comes from. He attended a regional CFL combine where he posted an unofficial 426 40-yard dash, which would make him joint fifth all-time in the NFL combine records if he was to do it there. So, yeah, he's he's quick. And also some of us remember linebacker Zachary Blair, who played for the Stuttgart Search last year. He's made the move to Istanbul. So, that yeah, that's all about the team and the coach. Little about, bit about Istanbul. Obviously, it's probably one of the most well-known cities, if not the most well-known city in this league. Uh, it's a large city in Turkey, uh, serving as the country's economic, cultural and historic hub. 
has a population of 15 million, making it the most populous city in Europe and the 15th biggest city in the world. It's a huge sports city. Just in, you know, they play a lot of basketball, but they've got massive football teams that are known all over Europe. Besiktas, Skalatasaray, Fenerbahce, just three massive clubs with massive fan bases. So they're passionate about their sport. And as I say, basketball, they have seven different professional basketball teams. So there's just loads of sport, especially the American sports proven there. Food. Okay, so it's called Simit, which is a freshly baked soft bread in a ring with sesame seeds and it's eaten plain. So I know I'm probably going to offend them by saying it's kind of like a bagel, <laughs> uh, but it's obviously done in their own Turkish way. And I guarantee it's very nice if it's that popular. Shish kebab was the second, of course. We're all fans of that. Uh, that you won't find many people that aren't. And then their their coffee. So their Istanbul Istanbul coffee is done very particular. It's made very slowly over a low heat. It's apparently it's very thick and it's served in a very very small cup. Apparently it's quite strong, so kind of like espresso ish. And it says, "Do not drink the grinds at the bottom." Uh, that's quite important because I assume a lot of tourists would go there and just drink whatever is in that cup. And apparently that's, that's really bad for you. So yeah, don't do that. If you fancy going to watch a game uh, of the Rams in Istanbul. Honestly, when I start making money, I can't wait to go to some of these cities to visit mm. games. Like, imagine just having a weekend away in Istanbul and watching <laughs> a game. Yeah, be amazing. No, I've, I've never been, but being a Liverpool fan, Istanbul's a... A special I was city. meant to mention that. <laughs> I was meant to mention about the sport. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, of course. The greatest ever sporting comeback. So yeah. he did have a Turkish basketball player as well, Furkan Korkmaz. There you go. Um, oh. Something I did forget to mention that also applies to the Rams, the conference we're both in. Of course. So Southern Conference uh, it has the Rams, the Rhine Fire. Um, I've just realised, I think they're called the Dusseldorf Rhine Fire, but they are in Duisburg, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah. Um, and also the Cologne Centurions and the Barcelona Dragons. Um, I like that because Dragons and Centurions were both known as like the offensive like mm. yeah. top runners. That being said, um, big news for the ELF is Madre London uh, got signed to the USFL, uh, which is the new football league. So massive yeah, congratulations. Yeah. They absolutely deserved but it is a bit of a loss for the ELF. Um, obviously, the whole point of it is to be a stepping platform to get into the, the CFL or the, the NFL, ideally. And it is something we're going to have to deal with, that when there's a top player, they're probably going to get promoted somewhere. But at least we've got to watch them for a season. But leaves Cologne maybe a bit directionless. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to be a really fun division because, as, as he said there, the Rams have got those two running backs. Ryan Fire, I have no idea. Um, Barcelona Dragons. I mean, Zach's a good off, a got a, can run a good offense, and Centurions could run one last time as well. That's a big loss for Cologne. That like he was yeah. one of the you know one of the best players in the league, if not the best. The MVP. Um, yeah, and for him to go out, he was that offense for a lot of games from the clips and stuff I've seen and the games I've seen. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's a big hole to fill. Yeah, I think it might be some positive out of it for the league because I think it shows to other players who are thinking about coming over if you're not quite made it in the NFL or CFL there is a path to get into a professional league in America um, I think even on the ELF Reddit chat someone was saying well you just signed a contract with the Centurions and they speculated and I kind of agree with it there's probably 
clauses in all their contracts saying if I'm offered a job back in America in like a professional league, I can be released from a contract because yeah. it was totally amicable. Everything you read, the Centurions were like, thank you so much for last season. Good luck and et cetera, et cetera. And he was really put a nice post out on Twitter thanking Cologne basically. So yeah, I think it's going to, it's a good move for both him and the profile of the league because people are going to start to hear about what the ELF is. Mm. Cause yeah. Um, I mean, to touch on that, like, the CFL combine, I think there was, like, six or seven yeah. ELF players. I know, like, Carlos yeah. Browns, Omi the Homie. Um, Jay Jackson. Jay Jackson. Yeah, there was a, there was a couple guys who went there. Um, what's his name? Um, Keanu Ebanks, he signed with the Calgary Stampeders, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, I think another, um, a, a, was it um, Turpin? He got signed by someone? Yeah, he, USFL. He got, he got drafted. Um, so, yeah, she got drafted. Mm. Yeah, so as you say, like it, it's a loss for the the ELF, but uh, yeah, as you say, like it shows that there is a there are people going there doing well and getting promoted. Just to, I'm sure as well that one of the linebackers, I can't remember which one it was from Stuttgart, which is the one you said had gone to Turkey. Oh, Zachary Blair. Blair. But Dale Warren, he's in the USFL yes, as well. Dale Warren is. Yeah, so it's showing that come to like as we said in the first time like it was a very big risk for a lot of players to go and try it but now it's showing look there's like three players four players have already gone on to be promoted to an american league a couple of them are going for combines it's just going to keep improving the overall image and the overall talent gain which is going to cause talent loss but the main thing is about raising the floor and the the ceiling is going to be going to other ultimately going to the nfl yeah yeah for sure. And I think as going back onto the Cologne thing, it's going to be a massive loss, but it's quite exciting for them in, in the same time now because a lot of, they would have maybe felt a lot of pressure to run the ball Madre quite a bit this year because obviously, why wouldn't you? But they have got possibly the best wide receiver duo in Quinton Pounds and Lewis Gaia now. So it'll be interesting to see how those, you know, how that goes. I think one. Weinrich might have to up his game a little bit because I, I think even he'll admit maybe he wasn't as amazing, but he didn't have much time to show it because he was always handing the yeah, ball off to Madre. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so it'd be good to see him get get really tested and and show what he's got as well. But yeah, that is a bit of info on all four of those new expansion teams. So, if you weren't decided on one of the previous eight teams, and this has helped you pick a pick a team, let us know who you choose in. Um, I think, I mean, if we went around, like, I'm still sticking with the Dragons. we got the Tim's Raiders. Joe, who are you staying with, Thunder? Yeah, I think I'm still Thunder, yeah. And Craig, you're a, you're a bit of a, an unknown right now. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't quite made my mind up. Okay. Um, you got time. you got time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, ELF, I think, kickoff start, is it in June? Mm-hmm. Yep. June the yep. 9th? June yeah, the 9th, early June. So. Obviously, we'll we'll give a fixed date at some point, but um, yeah. Obviously, if you if you didn't watch it last June year, twenty fourth of June, the the fourth, fourth of June. Yeah, Rams at Cologne. Okay. Oh yeah, that'd be a fun one. But yeah, um, honestly, if you didn't watch it last year, uh, it's really easy to watch. They've got a game pass. Um, if you do live in one of the countries, like Germany and, and Spain, had their own streaming services. Um, they're fantastic again. All the highlights out onto YouTube. So I mean, go and watch Magic London highlights from last year for an example, because he was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, um, let us know who your team is. Uh, let us know if we missed any fun facts. I'm sorry, Jewisburg. 
tell me what your national dish is and tell me i'll go there and eat something um but yeah uh, we're going to plug all of this on our social medias um joe where can we find us yeah uh, twitter facebook is at tafs underscore uk and our facebook is that american football show uh, we've also got YouTube. Um, if you've not seen some of our recent player interviews, uh, like we mentioned on this pod, uh, we had the Raiders quarterback on. We had Tyrese from the Rams. Uh, we just had Zach Edwards on from the Dragons as well, talking a bit about his offseason. Uh, we've got someone else planned, don't we, Joe? Who is it? Yeah, D- David Meza from Stuttgart Surge is going to come on. Yeah, so um, yes, Surge fans, keep an, keep an ear out for that. Um, we're looking forward to speaking with him. Um, if you're not going to tell us which team you support, leave us some feedback. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Um, obviously, we've got the draft coming up for the NFL, so we will t- we will be talking about that. Um, but with the off-season, um, ELF's going to be our thing. Like We, we do really like watching it. Um, anything else before we get off, boys? Uh, no. Brilliant. Uh, well, the next interview, I think, is coming out two, two, three weeks' time, so keep your ears peeled. Ears peeled? Eyes peeled. <laughs> <laughs> don't peel your ears it's bad for you um, but yeah thank you everyone for listening uh, make sure you head over and check out our friends at EP Sports for any of your NFL or equipment needs and we will see you next time <laughs>